I think, you know, as a brand and as a company, we're still to this day, like, you know, holding on to like our core ethos of being an extreme collaborative entity and never, you know, forgetting that. Welcome to Learning Unboxed, a conversation about teaching, learning, and the future of work. I'm your host and chief goddess of the PASS Foundation, Annalise Corbin. We know the current model for education is obsolete. It was designed to create fleets of assembly line workers, not the thinkers and problem solvers needed today. We've seen the innovations that are possible within education, and it's our goal to leave the box behind and reimagine what education can look like in your own backyard. So welcome to today's episode of Learning Unboxed. I'm super excited as always because we are going to be able to have a conversation actually with an organization and a group that I've been dying to get on the program um, for many, many, many months now. And so I'm very excited about the fact that we have Allison Lupovich, um, who is the Director of Brand Content for Meow Wolf, um, which is in Santa Fe, an immersive experience company um, and if you've not been there, it is one of the most sort of epic experiences I think that you can go and have. And so we're super excited, Allison, to have you talk with us yeah. about Meow Wolf today. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Okay, so for our listeners who are not from the U.S. in particular, um, or even for those who are but haven't had the opportunity to get to experience Meow Wolf, so share with us, what is this thing? Because it's kind <laughs> yeah, of a thing. It really it's is. The age old, it's the age-old question. What yeah. is Meow Wolf? Well, Meow Wolf started as a small arts collective in Santa Fe, New Mexico, mm-hmm. um, in the Southwest. Very small, um, only about like five to six people who, you know, are, were all artists and mm-hmm. kind of came together with the desire to to make stuff and to, to make art. Um, but not only just make art, create, you know, in, immersive experiences. And so it started off as a small arts collective in Santa Fe, and then they started having parties and they started like expanding to the the arts community in Santa Fe. And, you know, the arts community and and just the arts world in general is kind of, you know, very limiting to a lot of artists. And I think there was just this need to have something else, something wild, something different in Santa Fe. And that's how kind of Meow Wolf came to be originally. You know, and over the years, they, you know, started expanding their practice and, um, you know, we started building larger and larger immersive experiences. We got offered the opportunity. Our first big opportunity was um, we built a gigantic immersive ship at the CCA, Center for Contemporary Arts in Santa Fe, which was up for a couple of months. And it was, you know just this insane (laughs) shit, literally a a giant ship that you might see kind of like, you know, pirates and all of that stuff. Um, And within the ship, you know, people could explore. There's different compartments, different rooms, different, even interactive elements. There was like, you know, the steer when you like spun it around, like activated other elements in the room. Um, And so that was called the Do Return. And that was in 2012. And that was really our first big, you know, projects. And then, you know, we had to take it down and then started thinking like, what if we created something that was permanent? And, you know, fast forward to 2015, 
we got offered the opportunity to create House of Eternal Return, which is was our first permanent exhibition in Santa Fe, um, with the help from George R. R. Martin, who you may know, who's the writer of Game of Thrones. He was kind of um, really the, the catalyst to building House of Eternal Return because he really helped fund the whole thing and was our landlord. And so, yeah, and, and then, you know, we, we created House of Eternal Return, which is still there. And now we have two other exhibitions, you know, one in, in Vegas, which is Omega Mart. And then, which I actually want to talk about the, the origins of Omega Mart a little bit too. And then we have Convergence Station in, in Denver and we're expanding to Texas um, now. Um, we're building two brand new immersive experiences in in both the Dallas-Fort Worth area and in Houston. Mm -hmm. That's really very exciting. And I think one of the reasons that I I like what Meowth was doing and the reason I wanted to bring it to Learning in Boxed is because it really um, honors the notion that humans like to play and to explore and to be immersed in an opportunity to learn. So whether it's you're learning about art, you're learning about yourself, you're learning about your community, you're learning about a, t a specific topic, doesn't make any difference. We have this innate desire, I think it is, right, to be completely absorbed in a thing that most folks, whether you're, you know, you're a visual learner, or you're a tactile learner, or an audio learner, it doesn't make any difference what your learning style is. We find that when we can be fully immersed in something, everybody can sort of find their space and place in that. And, and that's a unique way, I think, to, to think about this notion of how we absorb content, right? And as schools are trying to figure out what should they be in a post-pandemic world, it's this great, beautiful opportunity to say, enough of what was, what if we can take the best lessons that are out there in the world and incorporate them into our day-to-day -day practice? And I would argue that the immersive experience of Meow Wolf is one of those best practices that everybody should think about as they're designing and developing. So I am curious, and we will get into the new sites because I totally want to talk about that because I haven't seen those yeah. yet. So I'm, I'm, I'm super jazzed to have that experience. But as you're thinking about these new experiences that you're designing, so what are some of the sort of the core components, I guess, um, from a design standpoint that you're thinking about? What is the need that you're pulling into each of these different experiences as you're expanding outward? Yeah, and I, I do want to say that over the years, we've definitely learned so much. <laughs> um, even like when we first built House of Eternal Return, like that was really the first time where we actually had to start thinking about, you know, this is, this is not just an art experience. Like this is, this has to be an accessible space for everybody of all ages. And it also has to be, you know, to code, you know, fire code and all of the things that go into it. So there's just, you know, a plethora of things that go into building our experiences. But I do think like the number one thing that we're always keeping in mind is all age all age friendly. Our experiences are for everybody. And I think that that's really important um, to like, you know, the, the ethos of Meow Wolf and like not even just for building our actual experiences, but like for the, the content that we're showing on our brand pages and, and within the experience as well. And so, you know, when it comes to building our experiences, especially, you know, and like I said, We've learned so much over the years. I think like House of Eternal Return, all, all of our exhibitions are ADA um, compliant. 
And, but I think like, as we've been building more and more experiences, they're becoming more and more accessible. And so when you look at the transgression of House of Eternal Return and, and to Convergence Station, Convergence Station is our largest experience. And it's also our most accessible as well. Um, and it is, it's basically almost, you know, like 90%, you know, wheelchair accessible. And you can feel that when you're in the space. And so that is something that has, has become very, very important to us when we're making art is that it must be accessible to everybody. And that also includes, you know, not only like wheelchair accessibility, but also sight as well and being accessible to, to, you know, low, low vision folks and um, as well as um, low hearing folks as well. So there's many ways to access our exhibits, whether that's through sound, through touch, through, through, um, you know, physically moving and, and all of that. We like to, to really activate all of the senses in our immersive experiences. And that's really important. Um, and also thinking about, you know, you know, with children, especially like, you know, how, how can children engage with the work and the art and, and a lot of that is through interactivity and in, in how we're kind of creating our experiences, you know, like having something like, like when we're designing something, you know, we always start with the very basic aspect of it, you know, um, like we'll create a creep, like some artists will create a creature, for example, and they're like, okay, this is the idea. We're creating this, you know, this giant bear ferret. Um, <laughs> that's going to live in the main part of the exhibit. But then what Meowulf really likes to do is like, okay, well, we've designed this character and what's kind of like the seventh side of the cube to this character. Like, how can we just go beyond <laughs> just having this creature in our exhibit and kind of turn it upside down and, and make it the wildest thing that it can? Is it, you know, when you touch its feathers, you know, does its eyes light up or does it activate you know, a, a story element, have you unlocked a story element that, you know, you, you never would have noticed uh, would have happened, you know, or is there a, a sound element? Anyway, we, we, with Meow Wolf, we really like to, you know, start from the beginning of, of a very basic creative idea and continue to develop it until it can't be developed any right. further. <laughs> right. Well, Basically. yeah, no, and I'm, I'm super curious too. So as you think about those elements then in your design, right, and you put your place, put yourself or the team puts themselves, right, in the place of that sort of end user, the guest that's going through the experience, experience, right? Mm-hmm. So how how do you how do you make decisions? Because you you've got these create incredibly created group of people, right? And I can imagine the number of ideas being tossed, right? You know, like like darts at a dartboard. They've got to be so many ideas that are coming forward. How how do you ultimately then whittle that down? Because I will say that, you know, that was one of the things in, in talking with with um, teachers, many of our listeners obviously are teachers, you know, they're like, ah, you know, there's all these great ideas, but just figuring out just the right ones and their combinations. And in your case, it's combinations of the best ideas, right, that come together to create the experience. Exactly. So how do you how do you ferret out the decision-making piece as it relates to the experience of that end user that you have in mind? Because that's not an easy thing to do all the time. It's not. And I think, I mean, we have creative directors, obviously, mm-hmm. that oversee our exhibits and 
But I think, you know, uh, the biggest part of being a creative director at Meow Wolf is you can't really play God, you know, where it's like, this is my idea and this is how I want it to be. You know, you really have to like lead the more, more so lead the creative process rather than tell other people what to do. And while, you know, the creative director might have a vision for something, it's everybody else's ideas that really feed that and, you know, feed that vision. So I think, you know, like I mentioned, yes, we have creative directors and we kind of have like a hierarchy of creative, you know, and, and how we're developing our exhibits. But the way that Meow Wolf works is, um, you know, it, it's insanely collaborative. Um, and I think that is just so important where everybody has a voice in, in that process and in building things. And the creative director is really the one kind of bringing everybody's ideas to life. And that's why, you know, when you go to Meow Wolf's experiences, you'll see like a ton of, you know, we're, we're a maximal art collective and, and brand. We like to build on top of each other. And that's literally how our, you know, creative process is, is kind of starting with a vision and starting with an idea and having a team of people kind of like bring it to life with other perspectives and other ideas. It's kind of like, you know, the, the exquisite corpse, you know, that's kind of like, you know, a very basic idea of like kind of how Meow Wolf works, but it really is, you know, you start off with the beginning and then everybody else kind of builds off of it. And it kind of creates this beast that is filled with a multitude of facets and, and ideas. Um, and so I, you know, going back to my initial point of like, you know, when you're a creative director, when you're leading a creative process, you know, like I said, like you don't want to play God in, in telling people what to do. You really want to, to, to have people, everybody else on your team have a voice in that creative process. And I think, you know, I, I, I actually, my first experience with Meow Wolf was way before any of these permanent experiences were open when I was at the College of Santa Fe and Meow Wolf um, had an interdisciplinary arts collective class that I took. It was like in my senior year. And that's kind of how I was like, I, I went to lots of parties, from, you know, at Meow Wolf, but this was how I was really introduced to the, the smaller collective. And we literally, you know, the, the whole class got together and we threw all these different ideas. Like, what do you want? What do you want to make? I want to make a playground. I want to make a vent, a music venue. I want to make a, a place where people can play music. I want to build a sand sculpture. I want to build like a, a labyrinth made out of tires. Like we literally just were like throwing in all of these ideas. And I think it was Katie Kennedy, um, one of the senior creative directors and co-founders of Miel. She's like, we can do all of that. And, and then she was like, okay, we have all of these ideas. Now, how are we going to do it? And um, they had a contractor on staff to like help us literally bring all of these ideas to life. And it really just like instilled this mentality of like anything is possible. Literally anything that you can dream of, you know, you can bring to life. It's just a matter of finding the resources. Right, right, right. But also, you know, not only you, but having a community of people around you to, to build those ideas with you. Um, and so we literally built 
a outdoor playground <laughs> with this massive tall structure that became kind of a stage built a labyrinth made out of tires and we painted all of the tires. Everybody had a, a tire that we all painted. We built a, a, a sand pit that was shaped like an owl. And then there was someone else who built a sand sculpture within that, that pit. And we built this like environment just from all of us coming together and just like spilling out all of our ideas and meow Wolf kind of leading that process, that creative process. Um, and then we we had to name it and we all threw in names and a hat, which is actually how Meow Wolf, the name be, came to be, was they threw in a bunch of names and a hat and then they just literally picked two words, Meow and Wolf, and put them together and the rest is history um, exactly the same way. So just this insane sense of extreme collaborative <laughs> environments is really how Meow Wolf came to be. And you know, to this day, we still are, and it's how we create our exhibits. And we've definitely learned to to add more structure and to add more like organization because we've kind of had to as we've grown. But I think, you know, as a brand and as a company, we're still to this day, like, you know, holding on to like our core ethos of being a collaborative, like an, an extreme collaborative entity and mm -hmm. never you know, forgetting that. <laughs> yeah, I love that. And I love the notion that you are really kind of honoring the individual. Yeah. Right? And recognizing that, you know, yeah. the ideas don't have to even seem like they go together. But because mm -hmm. we're operating in a sort of a collaborative ecosystem that we've created, then, mm -hmm. then those disparate ideas will have cohesion because mm -hmm. of the collaborative process itself. Totally. Yeah, I really love that. Um, and I yeah. think that's a really unique way to sort of think about the collaborative process that I don't know that we've, we've really talked about it quite like that on this program. So I really appreciate that. Let's dig in a little bit and talk about sort of the, the, the new ecosystems as, as Meow Wolf itself is expanding. Um, mm -hmm. Let's talk about the experience in Las Vegas. Um, so help our listeners sort of understand. So if if you if you have the opportunity to go there, what what are you going to see? But more importantly, I guess, what are you going to experience? Yes. Um, at that so, particular, um, what's the gist of it? So something that I actually forgot to mention that is so huge to what Meowth is is the accessible unknown, and Omega Mart is really the perfect example of that because you show up you're in a grocery store and obviously something is not right. <laughs> it seems like a normal grocery store, but as you kind of go through the aisles and you look at the products, you're like, what is this place? You know, you'll, you'll kind of go deeper and you'll notice like this multicolored spill on the ground that kind of looks like it could be a portal to something else. And you're like, that doesn't seem right. And then you go further and there's a fridge fridge cooler with a bunch of weird drinks in it that don't make any sense. And you open the door and you all of a sudden are transported into a completely different dimension um, that is filled with like psychedelic mountains and caves and a lot of stuff, a lot of weird stuff. Um, and so that's kind of what... Omega Mart is. And obviously that's just kind of like the basis of what it is, but you know, it, it, as you dig deeper, you'll find out that it's more than just a grocery store. It's 
it's a, a father and a daughter uh, run business um, that has gone haywire uh, and within, you know, their basically their products um, and, you know, the, the, the larger company that runs this grocery store, um, there's something beyond this grocery store. So Omega Mar is really like uh, the testament to, to Meow Wolf really um, straddling the line of, you know, immersive art, storytelling, and actual, you know, psychedelic immersion as well. Because um, beyond the grocery store, there's art by Alex and Allison Gray, who are just like the pioneers of psychedelic art. And there's like uh, just, you know, an insane amount of, of just maximalist collaboration that goes beyond the grocery store. But Omega Mart actually started off, the Omega Mart in Las Vegas is actually the third iteration of what Omega Mart is. Um, and it started off it started off as a smaller art show in Santa Fe in 2009. And then in 2012, there was a second iteration of it where Meow Wolf actually worked with children to develop products. The children, it was, you know, they, they formed this like collective called Chimera where they were working with Santa Fe public schools and they developed these, you know, they helped the kids, you know, design their own products without any limitations. Um, I think there was one product called like fruit troll ups where they like took fruit roll ups and, you know, made the, <laughs> the kid loved trolls. And so they combined the two. And then, so when you went into this grocery store, there's all these amazing products that were actually designed by children, which was amazing. And so, and then the third iteration is obviously the, the permanent, experience in, in, in Las Vegas, where we've added a whole other storyline and narrative to it so that when people are going through it, you know, they're not just kind of looking at the products and, and kind of experiencing it as a normal grocery store. They're like going upstairs to the factory office and going on one of the computers and like digging through the files of whoever's computer this is and seeing a mystery unlock and unfold through these like tiny little details and, um, and clues. So yeah, Omega Mart is really just, um, an insane experience. And there was just hundreds of people that worked on it in different areas, obviously the art and, and the food and the products was a whole separate thing, but then there was the story team completely developed, you know, the storyline from start to finish and then there was a production team that, you know, created the content around that story that you can, like I mentioned, find on the computers and all of these different hidden areas if you really look for it. And it really allows all different kinds of people to, to be able to experience the, the exhibit in, in different ways, you know. And we actually, Omega Mart was the first experience where we we tested our boop cards, <laughs> which is a new way of accessing the stories in our exhibits. And there's different stations where you're given a boop card and you, you know, there's a symbol for the boop card and you, you flag your, your card in front of it and different things happen and you're unlocking different parts of the story world. And it's been a huge success and it's really allowed a lot more accessibility to, to how people are 
you know, finding out about the story and learning about it and, and, and teaching people how to dive deeper into the story too, because I feel like when you just go and you, and you have all these hidden things, a lot of the time, not everybody is able to, to experience it, you know, because you don't see it or they're not, you know, at capacity to, to see entry points to the story. So yeah, Omega Mart is, is wild. And if you haven't been, I highly recommend going because it's, it's really like one of our most unique exhibits because, you know, Meow Wolf is like, you know, inherently super maximal and can appear that way. But Omega Mart is very, very specific and has like a, a just a very unique story uh, that I think a lot of people grasp onto pretty easily because again, it's the accessible unknown, you know, you know what a grocery store is and, but you know, what lies beneath that grocery right, store? Right. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no. And I love all of that. And I am super looking forward to the opportunity to actually get to go see it and play with it. Right. My, myself. I always like to wrap up the conversations by recognizing that, you know, we've got listeners that have been, been, you know, having this shared experience with us, you know, imagining to themselves, oh, this is super cool, but obviously I can't take my kids to Santa Fe. I can't take my kids to Las Vegas or, or you know, Denver or to Dallas or whatnot. But there have been elements of what I've heard Allison talking about that I'm really jazzed or excited about. And so I want to be able to take some of what I'm hearing today and apply it into my own day-to-day practice with my own kiddos in my own classroom. And so, because you've lived so many different experiences with the Meow Wolf organization, I think that you're uniquely qualified, quite frankly, to sort of reflect back on that and say, look, if, you, if you've if you got two weeks and you want to do a project um, with your kiddos, you know, what might that look like? Or what would your recommendation to, to um, you know, an, an educator really be around how can I take some of the tenets of what ultimately becomes a successful Meow Wolf exhibit and turn it inward into my own classroom, my own experience with my students? What what would you tell somebody who's looking to explore, you know, in addition to, hey, go to the Meow Wolf, you know, YouTube channel because there's tons of ideas there, but how do you internalize that for somebody who's thinking about grabbing some of the concepts? And quite frankly, the fun and excitement and the joy of being in an immersive experience? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a tough one. Um, I think, you know, within the creative process, I think, you know, Meow Wolf really allows room and space for anybody to, to even think about the creative process and what that could be. And I think like, you know, even looking at the forest in House of Eternal Return, the forest was the most collaborative, you know, project in the the early years of of Meow Wolf. And I'll quote Katie Kennedy, you know, she, she mentioned just a long time ago, like digging deep, you know, like where is that place that your child self wanted to be, you know, and, and where is that place that they wanted that they dreamt of being and how can you just take that and make it come to life? And I think it's just a matter of like providing that space for the creative process and for the, for the mind to wander and just kind of ask, ask your kids, ask, you know, whoever you're working with, you know, where is that place that you want to be and where does, where do you want to go? You know, 
I want to go to space. I want to go to a, a magical forest. Okay. And then how do you make that come to life? I think it's just a matter of, you know, providing room for that creative thinking and really, um, you know, digging and then also taking that and kind of, again, finding the seventh side of the cube to that, to that magical forest. It's like, how can we just make this, but make it the craziest thing that we've ever done? Do you want to turn your classroom into like a giant sparkly jungle? Because that's what somebody's dream was like, why not, you know, why not, why not spend the next two weeks with your class, you know, stapling, you know, things to the wall to create the the classroom that they want to be in, you know, and, and, you know, just providing that space and room to, to go wild and, and, you know, do the unimaginable. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, no, I really love that. And I think that we forget sometimes along the way, we're so focused in, in the things that we think that we're supposed to be doing that we forget about the imaginative side uh, Mm -hmm. of getting us there, right? We can still do an awful lot of learning and experiencing along the way, but it doesn't have to be that that traditional path um, all the time. And I do think that's some of the value of stepping back and allowing for the collaborative process within sort of this notion of I'm going to immerse my whole self in the act of learning, right? And I think that's the other thing that in my mind, when I think about or experience what happens at Meow Wolf, it's like, you know, you bring your whole self to this experience, mm-hmm. including the parts of yourself either you didn't recognize or maybe you had hidden or I don't tap into every day because there's just not enough room or a, to your point space to allow me to do that. It's freeing. Mm-hmm. It is. Yeah. I mean, that's the creative process is it is very freeing. And again, like, you know, you it, it can be hard to, to make room and space to to, to be creative, but it's so important. And I think like, I, I think providing that space in, in, especially our educational system, like we've built like these very strict tight structures, you know, within our, our systems and, and at schools and like, how can we just break those yeah. down? Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. I love that. Absolutely. How can we, let's do that <laughs> collectively. Well, Allison, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to sort of share what's happening with Meow Wolf and the excitement um, that you clearly have uh, for the endeavor. So uh, we really appreciate it. Yeah. Anytime. It was really wonderful talking with you. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. All right. Take care. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for Learning Unboxed, a conversation about teaching, learning, and the future of work. I want to thank my guests and encourage you all to be part of the conversation. Meet me on social media at Annalise Corbin and join me next time as we stand up, step back, and lean in to reimagine education.